Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Stampede Blue. What we talking about? Indianapolis, AFC South. Stampede Blue, let's air it out. Fly route, let's air it out. Topics, loaded like offense. Colt-centric, talking about it often. Stampede Blue, Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Matt Danley. Thank you guys for coming back to the show. Uh, good news, new computer. <laughs> so we are on par here. So we are ready ready to get back into it. Uh, finally got rid of the old one. Uh, more importantly, finally got a new one. So we are all set to go here uh, back on the Colts cast. Thank you guys for being patient with me. But uh, uh, big Colts win uh, in week eight, 41-21, coming off the bye. Frank Reich is now 3-0 and off the bye. Uh, Colts stand at 5-2 and right now. Uh, really a, uh, a, a kind of an interesting game. I mean, when you look at the the way that the game broke down. The Colts don't score in the first or third quarters and score all 41 of their points in the second and fourth quarter. I mean, this is just not uh, – it was not what I expected in, in terms of how we're going to see or how we were going to see what the Colts could do. But the, that, this is definitely how it worked out. Um you know, Philip Rivers has a, a really good game, 23 of 33, 262, uh, three touchdowns, got sacked a couple times. You look at it as as the two sacks are there, but, man, those saved interceptions. And we really kind of saw, um, I want to say, probably some of the best pinpoint accuracy that we've seen from Philip Rivers to date. Um, even some of his misses, like a couple misses to uh, Johnson were – right off fingertips uh he threw another ball that was kind of deep to Trey Burton again just barely out of reach either that or Burton kind of gatored it a little bit it was kind of hard to tell from the angle but uh all in all we saw some really good passing from Philip Rivers even some of the drops were you know low uh, away from the defense should have been caught I can remember one in particular from Pascal uh so I I thought that Philip Rivers had a fantastic game um one of the side notes, you know, we saw Jordan Wilkins have a really impressive game in terms of, you know, he had a few big runs, uh, 16, 15 yards, uh, a couple 10-yard runs, I, I reckon. But it, it just, the running game in general, I remember writing down several times. I don't know what it is, whether it's the offensive line or the running backs, but our run game looks like crap right now. And it did. I their yardage per carry up to this point had kind of stuck out and kind of been their last level of defense when you look at kind of in terms of defending the Colts running game it hasn't been consistent there hasn't been a lot of great uh great runs a lot of big runs or anything like that 
they were still chucking it out pretty solid. And last, you know, <clears throat> outside of Wilkins having a solid game, there wasn't really much to hang their hat on for the Colts. So um, Colts end up with just under 120 yards, 3.1 average, not good enough. Wilkins at a 4.5, so that's nice. Um, but it just, it, it just, it, there were just spouts where the Colts' running game looks so much less. Uh, what, what's the word? So much less effective than their pass protection. And I don't understand because they've been such a good running offensive line, a run blocking offensive line the past couple years. This year is, is very different for some reason. Um, I think that there's probably a little bit of blame on both the line and uh, the running backs. So I, I think we can say that. And I think Marlon Mack is really, you know, he grew up, so to speak, with this offensive line. So I think that maybe we're just uh, maybe a little ahead of the curve here thinking that Jonathan Taylor is just going to step in and become the next Marlon Mack in his rookie year. I just maybe that's uh, quite a bit uh, out, of, out, of, out of his range, you know, right at this moment. So think about how Marlon Mack progressed. Think about it took him a few years, a couple years at least, to kind of really show, you know, con- some, some consistency with getting some carries. And I think we should probably expect the same from Jonathan Taylor. Those two as a one-two back, as a one-two set, uh, would be really nice because you've got a little bit of thunder and lightning type. You know, you've got Taylor that can hit it. Uh, when he gets some space, he is very powerful, uh, whereas Marlon Mack is all lightning, you know, so to speak. And he's, he can, he's become a little more aggressive uh, as the years had come on. But, you know, we're just not seeing the combination of the two from Jonathan Taylor. So... I think that's probably why we saw such a massive difference with Wilkins getting 20 carries and Taylor only getting 11. I mean, Taylor, two yards per carry, 22 yards. That's just not going to cut it. Receiving, we saw Hines catch a couple beautiful passes. Uh, Really saw him kind of take off uh, with two really nice touchdown grabs uh, in general. The the one where he... uh, rides the sideline, does a spin move, gets into the end zone on the reach. That was fantastic. I mean, and then obviously the celebrations. I mean, come on. Who doesn't love those celebrations? He did. A, he had a really nice game. Pascal uh, had a, a, an okay game. Six, uh, six targets, though, was the kind of the issue. He had a drop or two, uh, even had an incomplete pass. We saw that. At one point, I thought that the Colts were trying to get a little too cute offensively and, and instead of just taking a, a, instead of just taking advantage of what the Lions were giving them, and, and I didn't want that. Uh, T.Y. Hilton leaves this game uh, with two catches for nine yards, uh, groin injury. That's going to be a problem. Mo Ali Cox was pretty big in this game. Three of his four targets for 37 yards. Marcus Johnson only caught two balls. We shouldn't expect him to be a 100-yard receiver every every week, folks. You know, it's just not going to happen. Um, Pittman caught one ball for, for six yards. So uh, also, just as a side note, Ashton Doolin left this game as well. Now defensively, I think you look at uh, guys like Darius Leonard coming back. He was kind of big. We were wondering how big is he going to be getting back in the fold for the Colts, and you see how big he is. Gets himself a tackle for loss, a strip sack. Um, ends up getting a couple tackles for loss throughout the game, rather, and leads the team with nine total tackles. Bobby Okariki, again, right up there with tackles. And I think this game we saw 
kind of how Anthony Walker becomes a mismatch for running backs out of the backfield uh, in coverage. Now, don't get me wrong. Anthony Walker has been very good for the Colts, especially while Darius uh, Leonard was out. But he is he is the weak link when you look at those three, in my opinion. Okariki, super active. Obviously, Darius Leonard, we know his his background. We know what he's done and can do. And, you know, I, I just think that uh, Anthony Walker's kind of the third guy there right now. So, <clears throat> While there's been a lot of talk about possible trade or, or just whatever with him, I just don't think that's realistic. At the same time, uh, I just don't know kind of what his future is. You know, he, he'll come back. Maybe it was just a bad game, but uh, I just don't know that it was uh, quite as big a deal as we may expect it to be. Uh, all in all, Colts had seven QB hits, uh, ended up getting five sacks on the day, 10 tackles for loss. At one point, the Colts uh, offensively, I think it was after their third drive, uh, my notes came up missing somehow. They did not save. So this is why we're kind of doing this format today as well. So still still learning process with the new, uh, with the new gear, but um, trying to get it all figured out. Uh, but they after the third drive, the Colts had uh, five, I think five tackles for loss where they had had been tackled for loss offensively and you were seeing that that offensive line was just kind of getting mauled by the Lions defensive line that was scary however defensively the Colts only had a couple instances where their defensive line was getting pushed around outside of that the Colts defensive line was very good they looked explosive we saw an excellent game from Tyquan Lewis I thought uh, we didn't see a lot of the splash plays maybe from DeForest Buckner, but he was huge in opening up opportunities for everybody else. Justin Houston was explosive. Uh, Danico Autry had a great game as well. Uh, he had a couple of uh, sacks in this one. <clears throat> it was just really uh, overall a, a really impressive game overall from a lot of guys on that defensive front. And I'm a little curious now to see what they do with Tyquan Lewis, to be perfectly honest with you, because Tyquan Lewis has been an inside-out guy. Um, we, I, I think that it's obvious, or well, excuse me, I think that it's pretty, pretty across the board that people think his best possible position in terms of impact would be interior-wise. Now, that doesn't mean impact getting sacks. That means impact and impacting the rest of the defensive line and then what he can do in terms of production. But I'm telling you what, he looks really good at defensive end right now, and it's going to be hard to convince a lot of people that he belongs inside in this defense. Uh, we saw um, our uh, Al-Qadim Muhammad had a really good game. Uh, Rocky Sin... Yeah, you know, not real impressed with him, but I'll, I will say this about Xavier Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes has had a hell of a good coverage year so far. I think he's done a really good job. He's either knocking balls away or he's in position to knock balls away. And even on the touchdown pass, I believe it was to Marvin Jones at the, in the back of the end zone uh, that gave the Lions their third score of the day. He was right there. He simply just missed the ball, and it was – not an easy angle for him to attempt to knock that ball away, but he's had a hell of a year so far. Um, I've been really impressed with him. I've been kind of hesitant to give him a ton of credit just because it's like we saw last year, we saw the year before, you know, don't want to 
pump him up too much and then just have him fall off the face of the earth, but he has stayed pretty consistent. He's been very active. He's been aggressive in run support, so I really like what they're doing with him, and I like the way he is reacting to it. I, I think he's done a great job. Uh, Blankenship missed a couple of his extra points in this one, and uh, you know one of them was a bad snap. The other one was just kind of a shank, but all in all, uh, the Colts on all three phases – if you take away a couple of bad defensive possessions that just look like they were just handing the Lions the ball uh, every time they had it, or if you take away a couple of those or a few of the, the Colts situations where they were in three and out uh, mode, it, it seemed like you take those out and you look at an above average to good game for the Colts. At points, they looked really good, both sides of the ball. But in average, you, you kind of bring it back down to average to good. And this is something that the Colts are going to have to improve on. Granted, they're playing a couple more 5-2 and two teams here coming up uh, right now, but those teams have all just now gotten their second loss. And, you know, Baltimore is no joke. We all know that. That is going to be an awful de uh, difficult offense to stop, and their defense is pretty damn tough too. And we need Phillip Rivers the way he looked today in terms of his certainty, his accuracy, his ball placement. All of that stuff. That's all big, big, big for the Colts going into this uh, this next matchup here. Um, Colts ended up with uh, 15, I'm sorry, 26 uh, first downs on the day. The Colts and Lions both at 50%, 7 of 14 on third down. The Colts, however, were one uh, of one on fourth. Lions did not get their fourth down attempt. <clears throat> it was good to see that the Colts could rack up some plays, you know, the, the, in terms of yardage per play at one point rivers was 9.3, uh, yards per pass attempt. And that isn't where it landed, but you can understand why after you look at, you know, however many, I mean that one of the, the third down or the fourth down conversions was like fourth and three there. And it was just given. Now, one of the things that I noticed in the offense for the Colts was that when they go empty, that defense is going to have a heyday because they're either going to send three or four and they're going to do everything they can. Now, against our offensive line in terms of protection, you wouldn't think that that's going to be very effective. The problem is if any of them scrape through and Rivers has to get hurried at all, that's scary when you've got seven or eight guys dropping into coverage because that is rough. That is really rough. The Colts need somebody in the backfield um, just to maintain the apparent uh, possibility of a run on on especially on a short yardage situation like that to me that was scary uh it's kind of kind of rough there um Colts only took two sacks obviously they got five throughout the day the Colts did kill the Lions in rushing 119 yards to 29 that's that's something that's amazing I mean you just haven't seen anybody really take it to the Colts on the ground yet in, in terms of um you know, throughout the game, there's been a couple big plays that have kind of ballooned some teams uh, rushing numbers, but there has not been the consistency. The Colts defensive line has been fantastic against the run. And for, the, for that matter, we'll just say the defense in general, because the corners have come up. The safeties have been really tough in run defense as well. Um, Colts only had three penalties, less than 20 yards. Lines racked up more. A lot of that was that pass interference on Doolin. Uh, no turnovers for the Colts. They turned them over twice. Big pick six. Uh, love that from Kenny Moore. You like to see a guy like that who's so damn good in coverage and covered a 
guy about six inches taller than him and had a wingspan probably a foot longer than him really well for most of the day in TJ Hawkinson. And then you see a guy like that get a pick six. It, that, that's, that's, that's nice. And he's also one of our toughest run defenders. He's also one of the Colts' best blitzers on the outside. We saw them send some pressure again in, in this one. So um, just overall, I was very, very impressed with the way that the Colts played. And yes, they had nearly a two-to-one advantage in uh, in time of possession, but that was largely due to the beginning of the game where the Colts just were not effective. Um, held, a lot of, held the ball for a lot of time, and the Lions scored quick. So you look at that. Then that started the downward spiral, and then the Colts really started putting some some plays and some possessions together, which was really, really good uh, for the Colts' future in this one. So uh, we'll come back. We'll get into some of the scoring plays here in just a few minutes, and uh, uh, we'll end the podcast with that. So thank you guys for coming back, and uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, folks, we are back. Uh, looking at the way that this one kind of started out, looked a little sketchy. The Colts only get five plays on their first possession. Uh, they end up ultimately trading punts with the Lions. The Colts have to play, have to punt again, put a decent little drive together, not in yardage, but they get nine plays. Uh, they're trying to get something done. The punt is blocked. Uh, only takes the Lions two plays after that to get uh, their first score of the game. Colts are, or I'm sorry, Lions are up seven to nothing. Um, Colts again after this have to punt again. The Lions are forced to punt. The Colts defense is standing up. The Colts then uh, get a little bit of offensive uh, efficiency of their own. Rivers goes short to Mo Alley Cox for a 15 yard uh, catch, and then Rivers passed uh, gets to Marcus Johnson, excuse me, for 21 yards. Ends this one with that excellent touchdown from Nahi Hines. Uh, just love the spin move, love the celebration. Excellent stuff there for the Colts. Now, they score on back-to-back possessions. However, the Lions continue to punt their way out of the first half here. And on this one, the Colts put together a 10-play, 73-yard touchdown possession this one ends on a seven yard touchdown strike from uh rivers to jack doyle in typical jack doyle fashion squeezes and rolls his way into uh the end zone here again the colts force a three and out get the lions with nothing but negative yardage in this one this one ends with another naheem hines touchdown from 29 yards uh putting the colts up 20 to nothing via a missed extra point attempt also the lions at the end of the first half, missed a field goal. So the Colts go into the half 20-7. to seven. The Lions come right out of the gate, put together eight plays, 68 yards uh, for a touchdown, puts the Colts up just six. Kind of kind of looks like we're going to, okay, here we go. It's only six points. This game's much closer than what it felt like in the first half, uh, especially in the second quarter. Um, the Colts have their next two possessions punt they do force a punt after six plays from the Lions as well then the Colts force a fumble uh Stafford is sacked by Darius Leonard and uh Justin Houston recovered it was nice because we saw a lot of pressure from a lot of people on that play um and and and, excuse me not on that play but on several plays on this possession here it looked like the Colts were really like taking advantage of that offensive line for the Lions the one thing another thing that we didn't discuss yet is that you see that the Colts here scoring off a turnover, huge third and goal from the Detroit one. 
Obviously, this is after the uh, pass interference deep, a 45-yard shot to Doolin, where he would have caught the touchdown, which you would like to have seen, too, because he's. I think that Rivers really liked him because Rivers does target him a lot more than you would expect, I think. Uh, maybe that's just with uh, you know a side effect of T.Y. Hilton being out. I don't know, but any way you look at it, he, he does target uh, Ashton Doolin quite a bit. Uh, Jordan Wilkins ends that possession with a one-yard uh, one touchdown run. Then the Colts, in, what, eight seconds, pick off Matt Stafford again. Kenny Moore returns at 29 yards for a touchdown. Uh, this is the next possession here where Marvin Jones catches it in the back of the end zone where I was telling you uh, about Rhodes trying to bat it away. That brings the Lions within 21. I'm sorry, 20. Excuse me. Again, that brings the lines within two scores, 14. Then the Colts come down and really kind of step on the neck of the Lions here with 12 plays for 73 yards to put another score on the board, putting them up 41-21. This is after a Rivers uh, touchdown. Or I'm sorry, this is after a Trey Burton run from two yards out, the Wildcat formation. That's kind of one of the things that I, you know, I just don't feel like is very um, creative in the sense that I think that it's pretty obvious if Trey Burton gets it. Yes, he's thrown a pass before, but I don't think that one pass on kind of a, a, a tricky play here that was drawn up a few years ago in the Super Bowl is going to make teams just think that all he's going to do is throw the ball. I hope they get a little more creative with that. I hope that a lot of what they do here with Trey Burton <clears throat> continues to be effective, though, because he he's been a pretty – solid and reliable player for the Colts up to this point. So you like to see what they're doing with that. But uh, large in general, you know, you just seen that the Colts could put together 20 points in, in the second quarter. You see them put up all those points in the second and the fourth quarter. And it's just, you know, it's really impressive knowing that the Colts could do all of this when, when they had some really, struggle bus times throughout this game you can definitely see that um 20 points in the second quarter 21 in the fourth quarter and you see that the lions you know scored just their three touchdowns um you know one one per game they never had a real dominant or strong quarter even in this game and the colts really you know kind of came back down to earth after they let stafford move down the field with virtually no resistance whatsoever you see them just bring all out pressure the next possession. That's, I think, a good sign uh, and a learning moment there for Matt Everflus as the defensive coordinator. You know, you can't just let this guy just pick you apart. It's Matt Stafford, for God's sakes. And you can't let the guy just get a ton of momentum or bring this offense up. But as many of the catches, as many as the solid, I mean, big chunks of yards that they, they picked up, I mean, they hit on a 70-some yard uh, play downfield to Marvin Hall. That was kind of rough. You know, that was kind of – they talked about it on the show but or on the game, but that was kind of the first time that we've seen, you know, our safety group kind of become vulnerable, and I think that they were just getting too aggressive for that for the most part. But all in all, good game from the Colts. Love to see what they did. Uh, big game, big win. Puts them up. Tennessee loses yesterday. Um you know, you like to see a lot of that stuff. <clears throat> I'll go around, excuse me for a second, trying to get this coffee down. And it's, uh, it's getting 
to the back of my throat for some reason, but you just like to see what happened in, in the AFC South in general. The Colts now are tied for for first with uh, with the the Titans, and anything can happen to this point out. Colts need a really good showing here in Week Nine to uh, to do something else uh, about that, though. So hopefully that this is a, a good sign for things to come into the future, and the Colts can kind of take advantage of all this and maybe the Colts can pull out a their their signature win you know that one win that they get each year that's kind of like whoa what what happened here what is this maybe that's going to be next uh maybe that's going to be this next week against Baltimore we'll have to see but uh thank you guys all for coming Colts are now five and two big win 41 21 over the Detroit Lions uh we will come back with another show for this week i am all set here uh almost all set got to figure out a way to save my notes better obviously um kind of stumbled my way through this one so give me give me a few days here to get myself back on track appreciate you guys more than you know uh we'll talk to you again later on in the week and uh we'll discuss a lot more about this baltimore ravens uh matchup here in week nine Thank you guys all for listening. I'll talk to you next time right here on the Colts cast. Stampede Blue. Most of the time we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.